0: It is officially off season. One of the most intriguing, maybe one of the most important Vikings offseasons in recent history. When your quarterback, your star, is unsigned, your star receiver wants a mega deal, and you haven't gotten it done yet. Your tight, your star tight end is coming off an injury. Uh, you're going to be making all kinds of changes depending on salary cap. We're going to get into all that stuff. We'll also recap the more interesting angles from the Chiefs Super Bowl win, including the Chiefs 2022 draft, which you might say, outdid the Vikings 2022 draft. Let's get into it all here with Jeff Diamond on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. This is part of of TalkNorth.com. We're brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We are also brought to you by White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Uh, Thanks to everyone at TalkNorth.com. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Best way to listen is to subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It is the easiest way to listen. Before we get to Super Bowl... And the offseason, let's start with a strong Vikings angle, which is Mike Zimmer, I wasn't sure he was ever going to coach again, is going to go be the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to have a lot of talent to work with, and he's going to be coaching a unit that got absolutely shredded by the Packers in the playoffs. What do you think of this move? I think it's
1: re- very intriguing, and certainly when you look at, at Zim's pedigree, he helped build number one defenses here with the Vikings around that 2017-2018 period with some really excellent play and performances and but then things obviously fell off significantly in his last two years as the head coach so it's it's a mixed bag for him in terms of his success here but he was also a very good defense coordinator in Cincinnati which got him the Vikings job in the first place it's I think a, a very interesting fit with with Mike McCarthy, a couple of very veteran coaches, and Zim in, in his mid to whatever, 65, 67 years old now, he's get, getting this opportunity. but And as you said, a lot of talent in Dallas, led by Micah Parsons. He'll have Trevon Diggs back, uh, Stefan's brother who got hurt this past season, missed basically the entire season. Uh, he's one of the... Better corners in the league, so that'll definitely help Dallas's defense. They've got some free agent decisions to make, just like every team does with the cap and having to make make it all fit together. But I think it's it's a really great opportunity for Zim in a place that he's familiar. He's got a good relationship with with uh, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. So I'm happy for him to get this opportunity, and we'll see how how it all plays out. I think he's. Going to have a chance to have some success there, but ultimately for him and for McCarthy, they've certainly got to play better than they did against the Packers in the playoffs. They got to almost get to the to the final four in order for I think McCarthy to to get another contract in Dallas as he plays out his last year under contract this year. So uh, there there's a little risk, but for a guy like Zim that really didn't have any other options at this point that that were viable. What does he care to take a chance on a one-year deal in Dallas if it ends up being a one-year deal? And perhaps they have success and McCarthy does get extended. So I think it's a, it's a good move for him.
0: The other thing is, if they got, the Cowboys get off to a terrible start, it gives them a former head coach on the staff they could just elevate. I mean, I don't really expect that to happen, but it does open up the possibility that if McCarthy uh, struggles, Mike Zimmer ends up coaching the Dallas Cowboys at least on an interim basis.
1: Yeah. And that's very possible. And hey, we just saw Antonio Pierce get an interim job after after McDaniels got fired in Vegas and Antonio Pierce ended up being the head coach. So anything can happen in the in the great crazy world of the NFL. But I'm not sure that that that, that scenario is going to play out. We'll
0: we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just an intri- intriguing outside possibility. Here, here's the other thing people should understand. Uh, things got very sour with Mike Zimmer here at the end. He didn't like his general manager. He didn't like his quarterback. Um, his defense was falling apart. He wasn't happy that Spielman hadn't uh, given him enough talent to work with, Through at least in his uh, opinion. Here's the thing to remember about Zimmer, though. When he was a defensive coordinator, he was one of the most popular figures in the league, in the coaching ranks. Uh, everybody loved him. Media loved him. Fans loved him. His head coaches loved him. Organizations loved him. Dallas loved him the Joneses love him so this is not like uh, you know disgruntled Mike Zimmer begrudgingly taking the job he's going to work someplace where he's very popular I would guess that uh, I would guess the people in that building are welcoming it
1: yeah I'm, I'm sure they are and and as we said he's got really good talent to work with which which definitely helps the cause and yeah I think it'll be one of the intriguing stories to watch in the in the 2024 season for sure
0: yes and it'll also be really interesting to see what he does with Micah Parsons Dan Quinn's an excellent defensive coach too I'm not acting like Mike Zimmer's coming in and and taking over somebody who's incompetent and suddenly make everything wonderful but every coach does things a little bit differently I'm going to be really interested how Zimmer uses uh, Micah Parsons
1: yeah and and also as I said getting Trevon Diggs back will be very big for the Cowboys
0: considering
1: the the problems they had with green bay's offense in that in that playoff loss
0: no doubt about it once again this is talknorth.com you might also enjoy the viking update show you might also enjoy Dawn of Sports, so uh, we always talk Vikings, we talk women's sports, and she's had a great list of guests, including Chad Greenway and Brian Robinson and Mike Tirico. Uh, check out everything at Again, if you like a show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free, it's easy, and we appreciate it. All right, let's get into, uh, we're not going to go through the Super Bowl. Uh, it was f- five days ago or whatever, but there are always intriguing aspects of the Super Bowl. Um, number one, I saw a, a stat out there. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, so I'll just kind of ballpark it. But it basically said that quarter, great quarterbacks in certain late game situations, um, I think NFL quarterbacks have like a maybe a thirty twenty or thirty percent success rate in producing like a game winning touchdown when needed. Um, and Brady was like forty percent. Mahomes is like seven for seven in those situations. Postseason games where you absolutely have to have a touchdown, and he goes out and gets it. It's just it, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, it truly is, and you talk about what is the separation point in the NFL when it's a fine line between winning and losing and between the teams and, and everything is the system is geared to to take down the top teams. They draft late, they, they're late on the waiver wire, and they have payroll issues with, with the salary cap, but the, the difference obviously is having a great quarterback. And Mahomes is a great quarterback, and he's especially great in postseason. He, he's now 15 and three in postseason games. That's incredible. Three and one in Super Bowls. And as he now kind of continues his chase of, of Brady and the seven Super Bowl wins, it's going to be hard to get there. But he's now tied with Aikman, just behind Montana and Bradshaw. And just his, his confidence, his poise, his playmaking. He doesn't run as much as he used to, but he picks his spots and and he made those two huge runs in on on the last drive, um, the eight yard run on fourth and one from the Kansas City 34. Game's over if, if they don't convert there. Nineteen yard run from the 49ers 32 on the game winning drive to set up the, the touchdown pass to Hardman and completes all eight of his passes on the on the final drive under the most intense pressure of Super Bowl in overtime. So yeah, I I say. Patrick Mahomes is indeed special. He, he's got a great coach to work with, and he's got an organization that is so efficient drafting that they can pick at the bottom of the first round and and yet still come up with players such as first-team All-Pro Trent McDuffie at corner, Carl uh, Loftus, end of the first round. These are both guys picked in 2022, uh, and you talked about the comparison with the Vikings, yeah, the Vikings trade out a number 12, and we've talked about this nonstop basically for two years, but they trade out a number 12 and pass on Kyle Hamilton, pass on Trent McDuffie, two first-team All-Pros, and they end up with Louis Seen Now, maybe Lewis seen is a late bloomer, and maybe he'll get his opportunity next year if perhaps Harrison Smith retires. We'll see about that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that just that 2022 draft, and you, and you think about a guy like Brett Veach. And, and working with Andy Reid, obviously, in the, in the draft process in Kansas City. But what a terrific job he did in that 2022 draft, especially with McDuffie, Carl Loftus, Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, the, the whirling dervish running back for the Chiefs. They got Brian Cook, a starting corner or starting safety in the second round. Sky Moore has shown some glimpses of, of really good talent as a second round receiver. He got hurt this year. But what a draft when you're picking. That's a, that's a difference maker for an organization when you've got a, a personnel staff like that that can bring those kind of players. And I, I think we kind of had a similar type of staff in the in the 60s and the 70s. Drafting late in the first round, bottom of the first round, but yet coming up with players such as Sammy White and and just whoever Scott Studwell, the guys that that were drafted by by Jerry Rykow and Frank Gilliam in those years, and and just to keep replenishing the the defensive line and and bring in a, a Tommy Kramer late in the first round, and and just the players that that came here wade wilson whatever he was a ninth round pick or something (laughs) so you think about what makes the difference in organizations and ultimately it's it's drafting it's personnel work it's really so many things it starts with ownership being supportive and productive and not getting in the way as a daniel snyder or a david tepper in carolina has done that's how teams win and and the chiefs with first Lamar Hunt and now Clark Hunt, and they know how to delegate, how to hire good people and let them do their jobs. And so, which I think the Wolves are in that mode too, in terms of hiring people and letting them do their jobs. And But there certainly is going to be significant pressure this year, as we've talked before about, on on Kwesi and on Kevin O'Connell to get back to playoff status. And the process is, is starting now. And People say, oh, this is kind of a quiet period. No, not a quiet period. It's the pre-draft lead-up. It's the pre-free agency period. The Vikings are, are crunching salary cap numbers. They're looking at all the, the free agent class. And the first priorities, as we've talked, re-signing Kirk Cousins, re-signing Daniil Hunter, extending Justin Jefferson. Those things are all doable with the cap. They've got 25 to $29 million of cap room. They can free up more room by getting Cousins done, by extending Jefferson. So a lot, of, a lot of work to be done in the next four weeks, because the one thing, when you talk about free agency, Jim, we, and we as we often say, if these guys hit the market and they can't be franchised, I'm talking about Cousins and Hunter, and you look at all the free agency ratings among all the media folks, and of course, that, that's not the ultimate important factor, it's what the teams think. But in this case, I think it's pretty accurate. When you look at what, how the ratings are, Kirk Cousins is the number one rated free agent quarterback Mm -hmm. and, and Baker Mayfield is behind him, had a good season, but he's so very likely to re-sign with Tampa Bay. And then beyond that, who's there? Guys like Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill. So somebody is going to take a run at Cousins, if, if he hits the market and even before he hits the market, I'm sure there's some phone calls going to his agent right now. So I think the pressure's on to to get deals done, Cousins, Hunter. Now in Hunter's case, the free agent market at, at, at Edge Rusher is a little more stout when you've got guys like Josh Allen in Jacksonville, Brian Burns in Carolina, but Daniil's probably the number three guy on that list. And, and Allen and Burns are only ahead of him because they're three or four years younger than him and they haven't had major injuries that Daniil had, but he's played two years without it. So I think this is just and, – and you mentioned that. You said it's going to be a fascinating offseason, and I think it is, and it starts right now in these next four weeks leading up to free agency.
0: No doubt. All right, let's get into all that. First, though, we want to thank longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, Superstore.com.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, General Manager, Charlie Gattrall, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the Beck selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com and you will find 2.9% APR on new 2024 Sierra 1500s. Save up to $5,000 on new 2024 Sierra 1500 Denali. $6,500 off MSRP or 0.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Enclaves and a lease special on 2024 Hummer EVs. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in-person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at wiperlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grades.
0: Thanks also to longtime sponsor Platinum Bank. Platinum, <laughs> I would just say PlatinumBank.com. I'll let you tell people where they can find Platinum Bank.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have been for several years, have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, Visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank providing a means to a dream.
0: By the way, you were talking about great drafts and drafting at the bottom of the round. 1988, the Vikings, a very good team at that in that juncture, got Randall McDaniel with the 19th pick in the draft. He goes on to be one of the best football players at any position I've ever seen and a deserving Hall of Famer. That was, uh, I assume, that was still Gilliam and Ryko at that point,
1: right? Yes, it was. And and they were still in the mix also with Scott Studwell at that time. Yep. When we when we picked Randy Moss number twenty one mm-hmm. in the in the in the nineteen ninety eight draft, and and certainly there were there were some other issues involved character wise that, that we had to circumvent. And we've told this story many times, but we had it kind of inside knowledge through one of our one of our lead scouts, Conrad Cardano, about Randy, and that helped us make that choice. But just on and on in terms of picking players when you were picking late in the draft. And when we picked Randy number 21, we were coming off the playoff season that year too. So it's just, I think you talk about that Chiefs draft, as we said from 2022 <clears throat> and that's the kind of drafting the Vikings need. Now, maybe uh Louisine and Andrew Booth, Brian Asamoah, Ed Ingram, Ingram's done. Okay. Ty Chandler's done some good things from that 2022 draft. But at the top of the draft, when you when you when you whiff on those kind of players, and I'm talking really focusing on scene and booth at this point, if they don't come through in year three, it, it's a problem in terms of roster building, definitely. So but meanwhile, they got number eleven this year and an opportunity. If they don't go quarterback, they can take a elite pass rusher to perhaps pair with Daniil Hunter, if they can re-sign him, or DJ Wanham. How about having all three of those guys in a rotation? That would sound pretty good. You put one of them inside on, on passing downs. Or you take the best corner available, and that could be one of the top two or three corners in the draft. Because one thing that's going to help the Vikings, if they end up going to a position in this draft, is the fact that there are going to be three quarterbacks taken in, in the top five. And then that pushes down the best position players to the Vikings. And maybe they look to the second round, maybe they're high on Bo Nix, maybe J.J. McCarthy or Michael Pennix slips and they can grab them in the second round. Maybe they move up a little bit in the second round to get them. So there are a lot of vehicles you can use. I, I still endorse taking a quarterback at number 11 and, and re-signing Cousins. I think that's the most important thing for the future of the team.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. Next week, let's talk more about the landscape for Cousins and the landscape of the draft. Which quarterbacks you'd like, which quarterbacks are kind of going to get the offseason hype um, that's going to drive up their stock, their perception of their stock, whether it does with NFL teams or not. That's a good topic for the future for this week. By the way, of course, you probably know, but Jeff, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, when they almost won a Super Bowl. Um, so Steve Wilkes gets fired. And ESPN had an interesting stat on that. He his defense actually outperformed uh, Demeco Ryan's defense statistically during the regular season. Then they did give up a lot of points in the postseason. They actually played pretty well against the Chiefs. They held them down for an entire half. Uh, you know, they all had one regulation touchdown against them, and it came on a short field after a muffed punt. Uh, what do you think about? Does this signal some kind of desperation or scapegoating from Kyle Shanahan to make this move?
1: Yeah, I think Kyle's had a really rough week. Yep. <laughs> when you when you talk about his ill-fated decision to uh, not kick off in overtime, first of all, which I thought was a, a dreadful mistake, uh, in that it gave it, after they kicked the field goal, gave Mahomes the opportunity. First of all, you're giving Mahomes four downs in that yep. situation, so he knows exactly what he needs to do. And and even if even if the 49ers had scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point. Andy Reid kind of indicated, "Well, we would have, if we scored a touchdown, we would have gone for two yep. to try to win the game," and which shoots down Kyle's theory that, "Well, they uh, if we kick off, they score; we score, or we score, they score, and we'll get the ball back." Well, you may not have ever got the ball back. Right. <laughs> so, I think that that was just a bad decision. And you look at, at college football that has that overtime rule, and all the time the teams want to want to be second with the ball. <laughs> So it just was a bad decision. And and he's tried to t- blame it on analytics or whatever, talking circles around that. And then he fires Steve Wilkes and he's double talking there. He says, Steve Wilkes is a great coach. He's a wonderful guy. Great coach. Well the, why'd you fire him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it wasn't quite a fit in what our defense, how our defense was structured, really? I think I think I think a guy like Steve Wilkes is a dabble. And yeah, I think there is a little bit of scapegoat going on and and it not as I said not a, not a good week for for Kyle Shanahan and and really kind of the pressure is going to be on him going forward with now three kind of major uh Super Bowl failures on his resume where he's let the Chiefs come back from 10 down twice and then that dreadful game against New England when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta uh, that's not all on him obviously when Brady re- rallied from 28-3, to three, but, but certainly the Falcons took the took their foot off the gas that day, too, and that, and that was a bad move.
0: Uh, no doubt about it. I, I, and the other thing is Shanahan gets lots of credit for offensive schemes and designs, and he deserves it. He's very good at that. He also has tremendous talent. I mean, if that team isn't going to win now with all these great players in their prime, uh, what a waste.
1: Yeah, it definitely is, and it's just... You definitely can't pin it on Brock Purdy. He, I thought he played well yep. in the game. Now he, on the last couple of drives, they had to settle for field goals. But hey, that Chiefs defense was was a second ranked defense during the the regular season, and and they're they're a tough crew. They've got some good players on that team, led, led by Chris Jones, who is probably the the very top three agent coming up in in this coming class that we've talked talked about within four weeks. So the chiefs have some tough decisions to make too, but, but yeah, I think, I think that uh, that Purdy played fine in the game and, and probably good enough to win. And I think he's, he's still got a good future and showed a lot in that championship game, especially against the
0: lions. Yes. No doubt about it. All right. Let's get a final thought from Jeff again next week. And in the coming weeks, we will break down the free agent market, how it will affect the Vikings, how it affect Kirk cousins, what it goes on behind the scenes at this juncture, a free agency, uh, certainly, as Jeff said, people are talking. How do they do that? We'll get all that from Jeff. Uh, for today, once again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Service Studios. We want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. And Jeff, uh, give us a final thought.
1: Well, I guess my final thought is, is Travis Kelsey. What a what a, oh. what a kind of character he is. And and just that whole, that whole scene with Andy Reid was just bizarre. It was. <laughs> How, how it all unfolded, and, and he bumps aggressively into him, screams in his face into your head coach, really? And Andy, too, I, I guess to his somewhat credit, kind of just blew it off and just said, hey, that's Travis being Travis. But I don't know that I've ever seen that happen in a, in a game, in a big game like that where a player got in his head coach's face to that extreme. <laughs> it's just crazy. Maybe it was maybe it was Buddy Ryan and Kevin Gilbride fighting on the sidelines for, for the Oilers back in the day, but just just some crazy stuff in that game. And, and but certainly Kelsey, you talk about what, what are the what were the keys of that game when he has one catch for one yard in the first half. And then he comes back with eight catches for 92 yards in the second half, including that 22-yarder on third and seven from the 49ers' 33 with 16 seconds left, which sets up the, the tying field goal at the, at the end of regulation. And so, yeah, Travis Kelsey, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting to, to kind of watch him next year and see what happens with him if he's just gotten a little too big for his britches with the whole Taylor Swift thing.
0: <laughs> well, I I, I love just about everything about Travis Kelsey, including the way he plays, but uh, that was inexcusable. You can't do that to a, a 65-year-old head coach. You could have given the guy a heart attack. So uh, I I, I – We'll defend many things about Travis Kelsey. I will not defend that.
1: <laughs> no, no, def- definitely
0: not. <laughs> Good stuff, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, we'll dive more into free agency and the market and the uh, drafty- draftable quarterbacks next week. Again, this is Jeff Diamonds, Vikings and NFL Insider, and this is TalkNorth.com.